are continuing our study of the four words, becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, to go, therefore, into all the world. Make disciples of all men, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And so that's our role as believers, is to become disciples and then, in turn, to make disciples. And we are now into the fourth word, going. And specifically, we are focusing on going as salt and light. And why do we do that? Now, I want to draw attention to something that's in the bulletin. It's a quote from a lady named Rebecca Pippert. And after I became a Christian, one of the very first books I read was a book by Rebecca Pippert. And it's called Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. And it was just a transformational book for me. It really helped me to understand that evangelism isn't really so much about how to, but it's about being. It's about being and sharing that new life in Christ. And there's the quote in, in the bulletin from Rebecca Pippert says that Christians and non-Christians have at least one thing in common. And that's that we're both uptight about evangelism. And it's true. When you bring up the topic of evangelism, people get nervous. When you start to talk about sharing your faith with someone who is a non-believer, people start to get a little bit anxious. And I understand that. I've experienced it. We all have. And it's understandable. But going is a critical aspect of our mission as Christians. We cannot be, as John Stott called it, rabbit hole Christians. That's the kind of Christian who wakes up in the morning, says his prayers, eats breakfast, and then he goes off to work and he's found a little place at work where he and the Christians interact. And then he goes to lunch with a Christian friend. And then from lunch, he's back to work with, with the people he knows who are Christians. And then he goes home. And he never interacts with anybody who doesn't believe exactly as he does. John Stott calls that rabbit hole Christianity. We are to be, Jesus said, salt and light. We're going to talk about that, the why of going this morning as salt and light. But first, I want to read for you out of the Gospel of Matthew, a couple of different sections. First, in Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
So here Jesus is talking about the character of a disciple. The inner life of a person who has committed themselves to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. What does that character look like? In the first 10 verses, he describes it very well. He's not talking about doing anything. He's talking about being. People who are poor in spirit, who mourn, who are meek, who are uh, merciful, who are pure in heart, all of these things. This is the character that we carry with us as disciples of Jesus Christ. When we are born again of the Holy Spirit of God, we become new creations in Christ. All of the old things have passed away. And here Jesus is telling us what that new creation looks like, what the character of that new creature is. So there's a, a, a new character that we carry with us, but there is also a message that we have been given to share. Jesus, when he sent out the twelve, said to them, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. This is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. So he very specifically is sending them out as sheep among wolves. And therefore, he says to them, be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And then he goes on to explain to them all of the difficulties they will experience as they go forth and share the message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that the Messiah has come, and that Jesus Christ is that Messiah. And at the conclusion of this uh, sending out of the disciples, Jesus says this very important thing. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Now, this is something that he's speaking to 12 men whom he has chosen out, who have followed him, who have committed their lives to him. And he is telling them, if you do not acknowledge me, if you do not speak forth the message that I have given you to share with others, then I'm going to disown you. You cannot, again, be a rabbit hole Christian. We have been given the commandment to go. And that's the first why of going as salt and light. The very first why do we go is because we have been commanded by our Lord Jesus Christ to go. In the Great Commission, the very last words Jesus spoke to his disciples before he ascended into heaven was, go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, we cannot rightly say that Jesus Christ is our Lord if we do not do what he has commanded us to. Jesus himself brought that out. He said, why do you say unto me, Lord, Lord, and yet do not the things which I command you? And so we have been commanded, church, to go. That is to get out of our comfort zone, to step out of these four walls, to go into our community and to communicate to them both the character of Christ, Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, what does it look like to be a Christian, to be a new creature in Christ, but also the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel. It's a simple message. We're sinners. We need a Savior. 
We need to turn from our sin and accept the Savior into our lives, believing that His death on the cross was sufficient to pay the price for my sin and that His resurrection from the dead was more than adequate to bring to me new life and to prepare me for an ultimate and eternal life with God in heaven. We've got to share that message. We have been commanded by our Lord and Master to do this. It does take courage. Jesus was warning his disciples there in in Matthew chapter 10. He said, brother will turn against brother, father against son, mother against daughter. He said, I did not come to bring peace, but I came to bring division. I came to bring a sword. That's what Jesus said. Because the gospel is an offense. The gospel is something that causes people to stumble because we have to acknowledge our sin. We have to recognize that we need a Savior. And so we have been called to go to bring the character of the kingdom and also the message of the kingdom, the gospel. And we've been commanded to do that. Secondly, the why of going is found in Romans chapter 10. And this is simply that if we do not go, if you do not speak forth the message, if you do not live the life, then the unbelievers will not hear. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans. He said, How then can they call on one whom they have not yet believed in? And how can they believe in one whom they have not yet heard of? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they have been commissioned? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So here's the reality. Each one of us has been given a mission field whether it's in your home, whether it's in your place of work, whether it's out walking down Main Street, wherever you go, you have a pathway that God has forged for you. And within that pathway that you walk, there are going to be people that you come across that you are absolutely the one whom they need to hear and see the gospel presented. It's you. If you don't do it, they, who are they going to hear from? If you don't speak that Jesus, as we spoke of last week, if you don't testify of what he has done in your life, of the transformation he has made for us, if we don't speak forth that message and then also live it with integrity, then how will the unbeliever come to faith? You know, there's only... One time that we see someone other than a human being preaching the gospel. Only one time in the whole Bible. You know when it is? It's in Revelation chapter 14. A mighty angel, the Bible says, flies through the the heavens preaching the everlasting gospel. But in every other instance, the proclamation of the gospel comes through the lips and the lives of human beings. It's me. And it's you. There's no escaping this. The unbelievers will not hear. Think back to how you first believed. 
Someone told you about Jesus, didn't they? You either heard it in a Sunday school class, you heard it preached, a friend shared with you, you began to watch their lives and notice that there was something different about them. You didn't just in a vacuum suddenly decide, you know what, today I'm going to become a Christian. I think it's probably the way I should live. That's not how it works. We've got to go. The unbelievers will not hear unless we do. Now, here, those are the, the challenges. We're going because we've been commanded to go. We're going because if we do not go, then the unbelievers will not have a messenger to present the gospel to them. But here's, here's the, the really cool part about going. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, Paul tells us that when we go and when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ and when we bring others into the kingdom of heaven through our message, through our lives, that we will receive a crown of glory. That when we stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, we will receive a crown of glory for going. Listen to this what Paul writes to the Thessalonians. He says, Brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for such a short time in person, though not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to read that again. What is our crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? But you, indeed, you are our crown of glory. Paul had led the Thessalonians to faith in Christ. And he understood that when Jesus came and Paul stood in his presence, that the Thessalonians would be the evidence for his crown of glory that Paul would receive in reward from Jesus Christ. And each one of us that shares our faith, that goes forth boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will receive a crown of glory. See, here's the thing. You know, Rob mentioned all of the challenges that we face in this life, the difficulties that we go through. We look around us at the world and we see the suffering and the, the, the hardship that, that the world experiences. And, and the reason for that, church, is that this world was never intended to be our ultimate home. We have a life that awaits us in the presence of God with Jesus Christ, recreated, resurrected from the dead, in his presence. And the Bible says that there will be a judgment seat at which each one of us will stand and give an account of ourselves to him. And we will receive reward. Some of us, gold, silver, and precious stones. Others, wood, hay, and stubble. But there is a life that this life impacts. This is not the ultimate destination for us. But this life does affect the life to come. We will receive rewards in that life from the actions that we take and the decisions that we make in this life. And you have to consciously be aware of that. You have to awaken each day understanding that your life has meaning. 
the, the things that you do, the way in which you carry out your life has purpose and an impact in an eternal sense. Certainly, there are impacts in a more tr- uh, transitional way you know, in this life, but, but ultimately it has an impact. And I want you to be aware of that. You can be storing up for your crown of glory jewels within which Jesus will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's powerful for me. That's a motivator for me to think about that moment when I stand before my Lord and there's no one else with me. It's just me before my Lord. And I have to give an account of my life. And there will be nothing hid, the Bible says, from him with whom we have to do. He's got all the information. What the motivation of my heart is, what the actions were that I took, and what the results of those actions were. So there's a crown of glory that awaits us as we go and as we share the good news of Jesus Christ. But then finally, and this is found back in Matthew chapter 5, and this is uh, what relates to our message today specifically, is you are, Jesus said, salt and light. Listen to the words of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So again, this is the word of Jesus Christ. And this is the statement with regards to each one of us. He did not say, you can become the salt of the earth. He did not say that you will be the light of the world. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the ones that bring flavor to this world, that bring a preserving influence into this world. You are the ones. You are the ones who illuminate for this world the pathway unto eternal life. Now, in this respect, we are like the moon that reflects the light of the sun because Jesus said that he was the light of the world. He is the true light that shines upon the world. We're like the moon that shines a reflected light. But still, on a full moon night, you don't need anything else but the moon's light in order to walk, do you? You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Jesus said that when you become a follower of his, that is what you are. You have an influence in the world. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you are salt and light. But he points out that the salt could lose its saltiness and become ineffective. 
for what it is purposed to do. Or the, the light could be hidden under a bushel to where no one else can benefit from its visibility. And unfortunately, that's what often happens for us as Christians. We're salt that's lost its savor. We're light that is hidden from the world. So we have to go with the understanding that as believers, as disciples, we are something different than we were before. We are supernatural. Do you ever think of yourself, excuse me, in that respect? Do you ever stop to think of the reality that you as a Christian are a supernatural being? That you have been born again of the Holy Spirit of God? I say this because I believe that most of us don't really think of ourselves in those terms. We do not think of ourselves in, in, in the reality of who we are. That the Holy Spirit of God has indwelt us. That we are a new creature in Christ and all of the old things have passed away. Now that's not true of people who have not come to faith. The Bible says that before we came to faith, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. We were just a corpse laying on the ground. But when we came to faith, the Bible says that God raised us up and he infilled us with his Holy Spirit and he made us new creatures in Christ. Here's the reality, and and this is something maybe that will help you as you go. This is the reality. As I'm looking out on a sea of faces here this morning, I am not even beginning to see the glory that exists within you. I'm seeing through, through physical eyes right now. But if I were able to see into the Spirit, if my eyes were illuminated by the Holy Spirit here this morning, and I were able to see who you are, seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, as the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, I would see creatures that I could not even begin to imagine. That is who you are. You're supernatural. And you have a supernatural message to take to this world that is still lying dead in its sin and its trespasses, separated from God. You have loved ones. You have family members. You have coworkers. You have people that you come across each and every day that I want you to begin to think of yourself in terms of the reality that you are a supernatural being infilled with the Holy Spirit of God given a message that can absolutely resurrect the dead. Hallelujah. Woo! It's true. It's true. You know, the stuff Angie's going to be sharing with us over the next three weeks downstairs are going to be good stuff, wonderful information to help each of us live a life that is healthy, intentional, purposeful. But in a broader sense, when when Angie first came to me and shared this idea about teaching this class, she said, you know, I share all of this stuff and it's really great information, but there's a missing piece. 
that I don't get to share in my university classes that I want to import into this. And that's the spiritual aspect of our lives, the spiritual reality of making our lives deeper and richer. And that's what I want for each one of us, to understand that as we go, as we obey the command of our Lord and Savior, you are salt. You are light. You are supernatural. Let's go with that understanding and that power infusing our message. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God that so richly blesses us and fills us. I pray that you would just really make it real to us that you have created us in Christ for good works, which you have purposed beforehand that we should walk in. We have been saved by grace through faith. And that's a wonderful message and, and one that we want to share, Lord God, and we'll be looking at over the course of the next few weeks. This is good news. So empower us, Lord, by your Spirit. Give us a boldness that heretofore we have not yet experienced in our lives, a willingness to testify and to communicate both through our lives and through our words how much you love us. In Jesus' name. Amen.